InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Stories about terrorism are constantly in the headlines, and we read and hear a term over and over again, jihad. We hear the word jihad in terms of holy war and a struggle, but do we know what it really means, and do we really know the basis of jihad? Well, one man who does is our guest on InfoTrack. We welcome Walid Faris. Glad to be with you. Thank you. Now, you are, I believe, a senior fellow with the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies, and you're author of a book called Future Jihad, Terrorist Strategies Against America. What led you to write this? Do you feel that there's a lack of information about terrorism? It seems like it's everywhere right now. That's true. Actually, this is not really a post-9-11 book among the waves of books that try to explain what happened to America, terrorism, Osama bin Laden. This is a book which tries to do two things, re-explain the past for the average American reader, but also look into the future what the jihadists, who are those who want to perpetrate jihad into the future, what do they want to achieve in the region, in the Arab world, in the Middle East, but also with regard to West, America, and Europe. In a nutshell, what is the long-term strategy that these people have? Well, to understand that, one will have to go back to where they came from ideologically. And as you just said, the concept of jihad probably has a lot of meanings here in the West. It has been debated by many schools of thought. But, you know, in the Middle East, where I was born, there is just one understanding of what jihad is. The debate in the Middle East is should this doctrine of holy war or of expansion of jihadism has to be applied or not. It's an application or not. In the West, it's what does it mean. So we are probably one chapter behind. The modern jihadists came from both Arabia, Saudi Arabia today, and Egypt in the 20s. The objective is simply to reestablish what existed before for many centuries, the Islamic Empire. And that means practically the cancellation, the abrogation of borders between 21 Arab states, bringing down all these governments, mostly the moderates, but also the others, and create this superpower and apply a measure of religious code in the most extreme interpretation, as was the case with the Taliban. Now, what would that mean to us in the West, in the United States, and elsewhere? It means that the jihadists are now on a ascendancy, if you want, to spread this ideology in the greater Arab Muslim Middle East and throughout the West, including in Europe and in the United States. The final analysis here is that the struggle over the concept of jihad is really within the Muslim world. It's Muslim on Muslim, Arab on Arab. So what you're saying is that Osama bin Laden is maybe just the latest in uh, historically a series of leaders as this approach or crusade, as you will, has sort of risen and fallen over the decades and the centuries. Absolutely. I mean, I liken him and his movement to something very known among our younger people here, the Lord of the Rings. I mean, he is the Lord, but the rings are the most important thing, meaning he has been produced by the jihadist movement, by layers and layers and stages in the jihadist movement. And even after he is captured or eliminated, the factory that produces the minds or the culture of jihadism continues. So maybe this is a war on terror. It's true. Perhaps the most important stages now are about security and military action. But fundamentally speaking, it is a war of ideas. And Osama bin Laden told the world on Al Jazeera in November of 2001 this, and I quote him, as long as he can reach out to the 12, 13 through 17-year-olds in the Arab and Muslim world and in their diaspora, he is winning the war on terror or against the West or against the international community. Because they will grow up and carry on. For America, what does the future hold? I mean, is this winnable at any level? 
That's an excellent question. It pushes us to really describe what the big game is all about, the big picture. It's really a race, a race between two forces. The forces of jihad that wants to spread in the region through Madrasa long term, bring down the governments, break down the political processes such as in Afghanistan or in Iraq, win. And it's not always by violence. Sometimes the stages are by elections, and elections will create more Taliban forces, and the Taliban forces will stage even higher form of terrorism. That's the menu for the Middle East. On the other hand, they want to weaken the resolve of both the United States, Europe, but also Russia and India and the rest in coming to the rescue of those societies in the Middle East that are now the targets of the jihadists. That's the one leg of the race. The other leg is if we can reach, if the international community can reach the next generations of Arabs and Muslims, provide them with an alternative, open-minded schools, we will be cutting the oxygen from the next generation of Al-Qaeda and beyond that. Our guest on InfoTrek is Walid Ferris, author of Future Jihad, and he is an expert on terrorism and the Mideast. Walid, what do you think about so-called homegrown terrorists, uh, the threat of that in this country, people who are sympathetic to their cause but living here in the U.S.? The homegrown, which I call second generation, meaning those who have been indoctrinated or recruited by first generation people, who are born here or residents since a very uh, young age, have the passport, have the language skills, have the accent. Those young people have been recruited and actually indoctrinated in schools here, funded by the Wahhabis. I mean, imagine in Virginia or in other places around the United States, there are religious schools funded by the Wahhabis who are providing this unfortunate indoctrination, creating the future jihad in the States. Well, there obviously there are many moderate Muslims in the United States, but... Is this really a thing of Islam, the religion? Is it a religion of peace, or are they becoming so tightly interwoven, these two issues, that they're inescapable? It would be academically completely incorrect to be able to make an objective statement about any religion. You know, you could make the case for any you know, monotheist religion mm-hmm. or polytheist religion. What you, if you are from a different religion or from no religion, you're going to always say, well, sociologically, I think this religion did participate in warfare. On the theological level, every single religion, because it has been practiced by men and women of history, was part of political events, and many of these political events were war. So that is one thing that we need to accept and understand historically. But the other thing is, the majority of regular Muslims around the world, not just in the United States, are just law-abiding people who want to live and let live. But the minority of the radicals, and in all religions, but specifically the jihadists in Islam, are basically aiming at gaining as much as they can, as many as they can within, within Islam. So there is a race between the moderates, the people with open mind issues and democratic elements in Islam, and there are plenty of dissidents who reject all that stuff, and the jihadists. What do you think Americans should be most concerned about with all of these issues out there? What's the thing they should be most focused on and concerned about relating to jihad? Well, obviously, if America is not healthy and strong and united and free from the action of jihadism, it won't be able even to sustain and support any policy of support to democracy movements to its own allies around the world. And the concern by many people around the world, for example, is to what happened on 9-11 here. Uh, they projected that a Madrid effect would take place, that the Americans will basically fall into chaos. And that's exactly what Osama bin Laden wanted to see happening on 9-11. 
that he thought that there would be political chaos. He thought that there would be isolation. And he thought also that there would be backlashes inside the United States on ethnic, on religious, on race level, so on and so forth. We have the advantage in America of being a free society. But now, the main concern is really national security. We've got to make sure that the various levels of defense of this nation until the world starts changing towards the better, will not be penetrated by the jihadists. Walid Ferris, who is a senior fellow with the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies, professor of Middle East Studies, Ethnic and Religious Conflict, and author of the book Future Jihad, Terrorist Strategies Against America. Dr. Ferris, thank you so much for joining us on InfoTrack. I thank you very much. Next, how are today's kids doing versus the kids of the 70s? Some eye-opening facts that may surprise you. Coming up. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this.